Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. This is Rob Case and Trevor Koppel. Trevor, we made it. It's uh, week one of the preseason, my friend. That's right. It's here. As we speak. It's here. Going right. on. Right. Would you consider this uh, NFL Christmas, or is that reserved for week one <laughs> of the actual season for you? It might be uh, the first day of NFL Hanukkah. Uh, <laughs> oh. All right. <laughs> Eight crazy weeks of that's, that's preseason right. action. Yeah, it's, although it's not. It's like a month, and they only play like two games, realistically. So it's really just um, prepare yourself to watch, get excited to watch some football, and then you get amped, and you're like sitting down, and you're like, dude, it's Thursday, and I'm watching football. It's August. And then you realize... Wait, this is one of the worst games I've ever seen. And that's kind of what happens with the NFL preseason. Um, you know, the commentary usually is terrible. Um, and uh, the game is just as bad. You see maybe 250 total yards between both teams. And um, some really bad, you know, reads. Um, and you wonder to yourself, how could the USFL, the XFL, eclipse this just two or three months earlier? Well, it's because they're, it's the NFL level. And everybody's confused. And it's sort of like when you go to the first day of kindergarten. That's pretty much what preseason football is like. <laughs> is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's a fair comparison. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I know there are people. It, it, it kind of depends on how you consume the sport. Because I, 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 I definitely see this a lot with, or I saw this a lot when I was young. You know, I had those friends. Uh, they were the same guys that would, like, like keep track of like on base and errors and pitches like like by pencil and paper when they're at the baseball game. Those are the same kids that like got so excited for preseason because you're gonna see, you know, this guy that you followed through college and got drafted by this team and he's he should be playing tonight. Let's see what he looks like. Um there are those fans out there and, and for them this is a real exciting time. Let me ask you a question, what happened to those kids? Where they, are those kids they grew up and started podcasts. <laughs> huh. Well, <laughs> uh, it's, that, that's probably accurate. <laughs> yeah, right. They got, they, uh, they're in a lot of student loan debt, and they have a podcast that doesn't make any money. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that's okay, I guess. In some world, that's, that's okay. Yeah, there's a universe where this makes a lot of money. This is like right. one po- <laughs> There's some reality where this is the number one football podcast. Or football is not a very important sport. It's on the same level as like, um, I don't know, like kicking the can or something. Kicking the know? can. <laughs> it's not. It's really not that important. Or or like highly sought after, or at, at all revered. You know, kite flying. So, yeah, it's just it's on the same level as some ridiculous like tying shoes or something like. Yeah, Com- competitive <laughs> so. lacing. Com- Right, right. But that could be like the same reality where like humans are like, you know, chairs and chairs are humans and, you know, they make phone calls on pieces of pizza, you know. Great episode. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) so, but uh, yeah, you know, if anything, man, you know, if you're going to take the the least bit out of this, it's that football is back, it's live, and it's in an NFL stadium with NFL players. Some, Some of them are. Some of them are NFL players. I mean, most of them are. Sometimes. Right, right. You know? Well, so and, and you know, we, we talk about these games as, you know, not uh, mattering uh, because they don't actually count towards your team's uh, path to uh, the postseason. But, uh, but big things can happen in preseason, which, you know, and I'm talking about injuries, um, can have huge effects on the season. And, uh, and it brings up a... a pretty common debate especially here in denver you know last year they thought especially early on in the season they thought a lot of their struggles were because none of the starters played in preseason last year and it's it's an interesting debate because there's you know there's strong arguments on both sides for protecting your start like why would i why would i potentially lose someone real important for this season in a game that doesn't matter versus how are we going to be definitely, you know, game ready uh, if we're not, you know, even letting them take a few snaps in the in the preseason? So it's uh, it's a tough one. Yeah, well, 
I mean, if anything, you can just put it on, and it'll be on the background, and it might be the worst game you've ever seen, but you don't have to watch it. You can just listen to it. <laughs> or it could just be there to comfort you. It could be your emotional support football game. No, absolutely. I, I want the Vikings game on just so I can hear that, that horn go. <laughs> yeah, the, the horn and um, some former football player who's making his first go-around as an announcer with some <laughs> radio host who's not normally on TV and looks really awkward. And then you get a chance to see them, actually, what they look like on TV. And you're like, wow, that guy has a radio face. And that's why they're on radio. It's really as simple as that. <laughs> so, um, I mean, you don't want to see us, do you? Unless you do. Um, then the surprise would be ruined. You don't really want to know what we look like. Uh, it's not um, imperative that you know what we look like. But you, you can probably guess. I mean, if you had to guess, uh, you, you would be correct in saying that I'm, I'm white, kind of fat. Um, average bearded. height, portly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. European descent. A um, <laughs> lot of white guilt and fragility here. So that's <laughs> that's what you're getting on this podcast. I mean, I mean, we like to think it's diverse. It, it is certainly. I mean, we are coming from a couple of different parts of the country, so at least that's uh, that's diverse something. about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's a plus. So if you were ch- chopping that off on your bingo sheet, then you got that wrong. Right, I should say. So jot that down. But, um, you know, I think as far as preseason is concerned, um, you know, my expectation is that it just basically fills a gap for me. And for us, it gives us more things to talk about. Uh, As a fan, it just kind of helps me, um, I don't know, just satisfy that wonderful itch that I, I have right now, you know, to just get anything. Football wise, it could just be anything. I, I subscribe to NFL Plus. It's five dollars a month. I didn't need it. I just want it. I want it. I want more football. So, um, is that how it is for you, as well? I mean, yeah. I I definitely get excited when preseason starts because I know, I know preseason is going to fly by, and before you know it, the season will be going by too fast. But that's when it's the most fun, you know. Once we get into it, totally. Um, well. We, uh, we, our eyes will be glued on it moving forward, needless to say. So, Trevor, let me ask you this, right? Uh, speaking of fantasy football, the start of the preseason, um, I can't help but wonder, you know, is how important formatting is to fantasy football leagues. Um, and meaning, like, how you score things in your league, how things are kind of kept, uh, you know, kind of clear and obvious and rules and whatnot, <clears throat> as well as what positions matter more and PPR and stuff like that. And from what I understand, uh, you have a pretty decent understanding of formatting and how it works. Well, I, I, I've been in some wild leagues, and I, I have friends that uh, that often uh, ask for advice in their leagues, and they all have really interesting formats. Um, like uh, I, I even have a buddy that's in a two-quarterback league where kickers uh, – are a very, very valuable position because of the way they score the kicking. You can get six points off a field goal. It's it's nuts. Um, but, you know, if that's your league, you get you get a feel for it, you get used to it, <clears throat> and it can be really fun to be in a variety of different kinds of leagues. You know, um, uh, one of my favorite leagues this year, I just got an email from the commissioner that we're adding uh, a defensive player. I'm very excited about it. Um, also, uh, the other change is, uh, you know, not every league it's, it's becoming more common, but it's, it, I don't know if it's <clears throat> considered standard yet, but, uh, being able to place a player on IR, uh, can have big implications to, to how you manage your team. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm curious, like, what is your take on formatting? I mean, what, what has been the, the best experience for you in terms of formatting in a league? Like what is... Well, I usually look like I think it's uh, an evolving opinion. You know, I uh, mm. I'm definitely on on board with PPR leagues. Love them. Uh, it doesn't mean I won't be a part of your league if it's not. But uh, but I do love PPR leagues. Um, uh, I've I've been talking to somebody recently about uh, you know how tight ends are basically wide receivers now, and they want to make it so uh you know wide receivers and tight ends are completely interchangeable in your lineup um and they have a point but my gut says i'm not uh, i'm not in favor of that at this time i i like having 
the uh, tight end position, it, it it's one more thing that as a team manager you really have to be on the ball and and be accountable for and and have a have a strategy and a game plan going into the season and and you have to make adjustments and and I'm not ready for that aspect of the fantasy team management to to go so right now I like having a format where you do have to have a tight end every week uh, it's interesting I didn't know there was leagues where the tight end wasn't part of the lineup oh yeah the, they were you know there's still tight ends on the on the draft board and in your lineup but Instead of, you know, three wide receiver starting positions and one tight end starting position, it's just four that are wide receiver or tight. You could start four tight ends if they're better than the receivers on your roster. Hmm. Um, that's hard to imagine. But uh, but then also, you you know, if you don't get one of these great tight ends, you're not forced to take a long shot every week at that tight end position. You could find a reliable wide receiver four for your roster and that's that's your game plan, um, and to me that that removes a degree of difficulty for managing your fantasy team. So, like I said, <clears throat> sorry, my throat drying up on me. Uh, I I'm not in favor of it right now, but I'm I try to stay open minded. I'll hear somebody out uh, if they make an argument for it. But uh, but right now, the argument I'm hearing is exactly why I don't want to get rid of it. Is it it makes it easier and I don't think we're trying to I'm not trying to make managing a team easier that's you know the the, the difficulty is part of the fun and the tight end position is is difficult yeah I mean uh, uh you can't spell tight end without difficult right <laughs> right that's it's in there I feel like you know you'd be the guy at the park with uh, a sign like a table that says sign like tight tight ends are part of fantasy football leagues change my mind change my mind right. exactly right. <laughs> so so, I mean, look, man, that's the way it is. I'd be on that table. I'd be, like, hiding underneath it someone, or I'd have a table <laughs> right next to it. I'd also, like, say it, but maybe a little different, you know. Um, you, you, it, it, look, it's a position in football. I'm not saying, like, we need to start bringing defensive players into fantasy football. I don't know how you feel about that. I, so, I, I mean, format in regards I'm, to that. That's I, I typically, egregious. Yeah, I typically do three. There's, at this time, there's three leagues that I participate in every year. They're a lot of fun. Uh, different friend groups, different formats, uh, different stakes, uh, but it's it's so much fun, and uh, and only one of them will now for the first time have a defensive player on the roster, and, and that's got me pretty excited. I'm I'm on, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm not sure I want it in every league that I'm in, but uh, but again, it 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 adds a degree of complexity and difficulty, and one more thing that I have to have a a plan for going into the draft, like where in the draft am I going to draft my defensive player? Who do I want? Uh, so that's, that's what gets me excited about fantasy football to begin with. So I'm very, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. And um, just not get your hopes up here, folks. We're not going to do that. We're not going to preview fantasy football, fantasy football, defensive players and their rankings. Aww. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> you know, you know why, Trevor? Because there ain't enough gravy to go around. Okay, there's not enough you gravy. Know? We're all about yeah. the gravy. How, how, how much? Yeah, dude. How much? How much meat are you trying to cook in this? You know, there, there, ain't, there ain't enough <laughs> drippings. It's not enough whisks. Okay, there's not enough flour in this world to, to go around to create more gravy to spread it all over these defensive players. I, there's no way. There's no way I'm doing that. But with that being said, um, you know, thank you for the formatting. Uh, I'm not sure. Like, just information, for lack of a better term, if you're out there starting a league. I hope Trevor gave you a little bit more insight in terms of what you could and maybe could not do. Or maybe you just are completely against everything you said and you'd rather not tell us. That's okay as well. You know, um, start your own podcast and we'll see how it goes. So, with well, that being and, said... And, you know, yeah, before we move on, real quick, I just want a, a piece of advice to, to anyone listening. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if, it's, if you're very new to fantasy football... Um, right. It is important that you understand how the league is scored and what the roster positions are going into your draft. It, it means everything to your draft. Um, and it's an easy thing to overlook, even if you're a fantasy football veteran. Uh, when you join a new league, you got to look real close, right? Because like, like I joined a two-quarterback league, 
And it had me so focused on that aspect that I overlooked how important the kicker was in that. I was only in that league for one year, uh, but it was, it was a great time. But, uh, and I had a good season in there. Um, but, uh, but right after, you know, after the first matchup, I, I looked back at my draft and I was like, I didn't, I didn't put enough importance on the kicker in this league. Hmm. Um, so, you know, take a, take a real close look at, at how your league is formatted because it really has big implications on your draft. <clears throat> yeah, no question. Um, you could be, it sounds like to for at least in your experience, it's the difference between being, uh, possibly competitive and not just because you're, Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. It's just the way it, yeah, it's just a consensus on how, what position is valued over others. And, um, it, kickers go in the first round in that situation, potentially. I, I don't know, <laughs> which is bizarre, but, um, I mean, you know, Justin Tucker's still in the league, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Right? Yeah, I took Gary Anderson in the first round. Well, I don't, I don't know if he's still playing, but... Um, Gary Anderson, kicker. ouch. Yeah, I wasn't even available. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're doing, Rob. I know what you're doing. There, yeah, man, just bringing up some trauma. Um, well, let, me, let me ask you this in regards to the format. It's not um, related necessarily to format, but let's, let's talk about fantasy football team names for a second here. Uh, I've been wanting to change... Yeah, <laughs> never talked about it on the podcast before. I've been one to change names week to week, um, just depending on like what funny name I come up with or what situation I feel like I'm in fandom-wise in regards to the New England Patriots. Uh, Trevor, let me. Uh, how important is a team name to you in fantasy football? Are you, do you just run with Team Koppel, or are you sort of a guy so, who is a little more creative? Or yeah, Team name is extremely important, not for winning, but for having fun. Um, you cannot overthink your team name. It's so much fun. And, and that's, that's really uh, another thing that we haven't talked about much, but it's, it's such a fun part of fantasy football, and it, and it can even give you a little insight into, you know, there's always somebody in the league that, like, everybody else knows, but you don't know them, and then they have this hilarious name, and you're like, okay, I, I feel like I kind of know them now. Uh, and I, I, too, have done the uh, different name every week, which can be fun because you could, like, like when I was doing it every week, my name was a dig on my opponent. Like if I'm playing my friend Stacy, you know my my team name is Stacy's mom. You know, uh, solid. Yeah. So yeah, sick burn. Uh, anyways, <laughs> um, you know it, it's a lot of fun. And uh, and if you do something lame like Trevor's team, like you're just you're just not pulling your weight. In, in the social aspect of, of this of this thing we call fantasy football, um, so yeah, put some put some effort into it. Come up with something funny, you know, something you find funny. That maybe uh, not everybody else does, but like take your shot at the uh, best name you can come up with. Um, how about this? I throw some team names at you, and you we kind of rate them from one to ten. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Home Debo. Debo Samuel, the home, the home Debo. Debo. Uh, it's solid. I Not love bad. a good. I love a good name pun, um, especially mm-hmm. if you're uh, uh, a San Francisco fan. Uh, I give that one a solid seven point five. That's pretty good. Yeah, this one's pretty good. Yippee, yippee, Kaye, Justin Tucker. Instead of yippee, Kaye, Justin Tucker. Okay, I love it. I love it because uh, Justin Tucker is, you know, arguably the best kicker in the league. Uh, maybe, you know, by the time he's done all time, I mean, he's just incredible. Um, he's a hilarious off the field personality. Um, but also it's a, it's a line from Die Hard. Like, oh my God, I give it, a, that's a 10, 10 out of 10. Okay. Yippee Kaye, Justin Tucker. All right. Um, now this is a dig on Ronald Darby. You know, who that is a former cornerback of the Denver Broncos, Houston Texan, Texans, among other teams. I'm a Darby girl. A, uh, well, relevant like, like, team uh, so yeah, very topical, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, Barbie movie just came out. So I, I like mm-hmm. it. It gets an A for effort. Um, I'm going to give it an eight. I give that one an eight. Okay. Eight, eight. Okay. Um, Dan Copen, former center for the New England Patriots. So I have to say that before him because I guarantee not a lot of people know it and you may not know who <laughs> it is, Trevor. Um, Dan right. Copenheimer, Dan Copenheimer. 
Dan Copenheimer again with the uh, the Barbenheimer. Uh, right. I love it. I can't get enough. I've I've only seen Oppenheimer. I haven't seen Barbie yet. We're not going to go down that road. This is a football podcast. Um, but again, sure. I I love you know keep it relevant, topical puns are a, a, almost a must. Every good name has a pun in it. Um, I give that. I give it another eight. I like it. All right. Um, Only fans, of course, you know that website. Uh, and I mean, I don't know the website at all. I've never been on it. Never um, heard of it. <laughs> but uh, there's a fancy name by it called Only Fans, like Noah Fant. Only. Oh, fans. like Noah Fant. Okay. Yes. Um, is he uh, a Seahawk again this year? Yes. <clears throat> yes. Okay. Just, just curious. Um, Only Fans. Uh, so again, if it's if it's a Seattle Homer or even just a, someone who followed Noah Fant through through college. Like I love it. I love the pun. Um gonna give this one a, yeah, another seven point five. It's good. It's a good name. These are great. It's solid. Yeah. <clears throat> this is probably my favorite so far. Um how I commit your your mother. How I Okay. That's Cole good. Komet. That's good. <laughs> I like this one. It's good one. Um it's a great, great show from the from the two thousands. Um great again, great pun. Um uh, great for a Chicago fan, obviously, but uh, mostly I love this one because it's also a subtle dig at your opponent. You know how I met your mother, whose mother, <laughs> your mother, because I'm your daddy. I'm your fantasy football daddy. Uh, so I, I like that one. I'm going to give that one a nine point five. Uh, natural born Kylers. Natural born Kylers. I like it. I like uh, I like all the movie title puns that we're getting. Natural born uh, Kyler. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll give that one an 8.5. Hey, we'll stick with the Kyler Murray theme here. Cobra Kyler. Cobra Kyler. That's that's even a little bit better. I'll give that one a 9. Yeah. Um, hurts so good. Jalen Hurts. Hurts so good. It's a little, it's a stretch. Oh, oh I like this one. I like this <clears> one. <throat> uh, who is that? Robert Palmer? Hurts so good. Uh, that's uh, Bruce Springsteen, my friend. Bruce Springsteen. Whoa. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, should apologize. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but, uh, no, I love it. Hurts so good. Uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, by the way, draft Jalen Hurts. Um, but, uh, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge Jalen Hurts <laughs> fan right now, uh, despite the team he plays for. Uh, no hard feelings. There, uh, so, so Some hard feelings. Um, I like it. I give that one a nine. Um. Once again, uh, a little bit of a stretch here, but life's a Mitch. So let's say, you know what, Mitch Trubisky. Let's say dig on Mitch Trubisky. Life's a Mitch. Life's a Mitch. Yeah. All right. I'm not sure he's even so, fantasy relevant, I, but here I we gotta are. drop. I'm gonna give that one a six, uh, just yeah, because me. Mitch. Yeah. To me, I don't hear the name Mitch and think Mitch Trubisky. Maybe maybe I should, but uh, I, I, I mean, again, good effort. Uh, is it still so much better than? You know, Rob's team. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no question. Um, oh, my aching Dak. Dak Prescott. Like Dak okay. Prescott? Oh, my aching Dak. So, oh, my aching Dak. I like it. Oh, my aching back. Oh, my aching Dak. Also, uh, if you are a Cowboys fan, you got to have a sense of humor about Dak and your team. Um, so I actually, yeah, I, I, I like that one. I like that one a lot. I give that one a solid seven. Not bad. Yeah. Um, trying to find another one here. So there's tons of them. None of them are very that. Nah, they're all, they're all okay. Um, but let's see. Um, Zay, my name. So say my name. Zay Flowers. Zay, my name. He'll be mentioned later too as well. Right. Zay, but, uh, Zay my name. So Zay, it could be Zay Jones, right? That's uh, it. Could be Zay Jones. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I like that. That one's a little more diverse. <laughs> um, it's still not just a name. Like the the pun is there. The name is there. Um, I'll give it a. I give it a six point five. Um, my team sucks booty, and if you didn't know who that is, it's Kayshawn Booty plays for the New England Patriots. My team sucks booty. My team sucks just, booty. I mean, who not doesn't? Sure. A lot of people get that. Uh, right. But, uh, no, you know what? With a with a name like booty, I think the pun game is kind of weak. Uh, yeah. I think you can do better if that's if that's the, 
the player you're trying to, to use. Um, yeah, I give that one a five. Uh, yeah, it's a four. Yeah. Yeah. Four points. No, it, uh, you, yeah. you can do better with that name. Come on. <clears throat> um, we have Olave Garden, right? Like Olive Garden, Chris Olave. Oh, I like Olave that. Garden. Olave Garden. It's, it's clever. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that one. I give that one a 7.5. Um, we'll do the last one here. This is kind of relevant to you, Trevor. This is uh, Waddle Vision. Like, instead of WandaVision, Waddle Vision. That's uh, Jalen Waddle Vision. Waddle Vision. Yeah. All right. Or um, Waddle Burger. Waddle Burger's not bad. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, Waddle is a, like, I would keep refining it. I like where this person's head is. Um, I, and I like this better. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm ready to give this one a, a seven. It's not bad. But, like, I think you can do better with Jalen Waddle. Than Waddle Vision, and I did love that show. By the way, WandaVision, great show. It's a great show. Um, yeah, but uh, Jalen Waddle, I'm sure we can pick up. I'm sure we can find something better. Um, these uh, may or may not be relevant to anybody in the NFL, but um, let's just go with one more here. Uh, the grid. Uh, let's see. How about this one? This is a classic one, and, and you know I've seen a lot of people use this one. But show me your TDs, right? Oh yeah, no, I love that. It's a I classic. love that. Show me your TDs. That's good. It's a good one. Yeah, it's it's a nine for me. It's, it's no, a no, I, I I'm with you. I think that's a nine. Yeah. Show yeah. me your TDs. That's good. I like yeah. it. Everybody loves it's TDs. Yeah, you gotta love TDs. You know, just we're a world with too many TDs. Um, <laughs> so that's uh, that's you know, I, I don't have any um, strategy picking your fantasy name. Of course, there really isn't one. It's just a, if are you funny or not, and you'll find out if you are quite quickly, um, or. <laughs> If there's somebody in your league you like to, to troll, that's kind of one of my favorite things. And uh, if you like to go week to week and just basically um, personify your feelings about your own team, uh, I've done that as well. So that's uh, that's kind of my advice when it comes to fantasy football names. However, you can take any of those. You can Google them. There's hundreds, literally. You'll probably get a kick out of somebody in your league, unless you really go on a stretch on this one. Like, what was it? Show me your booty? Yeah, I d- don't even know if people yeah. really know how to pronounce his last name is that. But that's how you pronounce it. So, oh, regardless, Trevor, let me ask you this, right? We figured out a lot of things about fantasy football. There's some questions out there, and um, I have to be honest with you. There's, there's, a, there's a few things we don't cover on here, right? In a few different formats, not necessarily related to your format, but formats in terms of how people play fantasy football. And, uh, you know, there's been some questions about the coverage of, uh, or the involvement of DraftKings, right? And uh, look, I I could take this one. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, it's something that I'm not really familiar with, nor do I think it's good for the sport. So um, given that it's a, this is a football podcast, you know, and it's a uh, like a traditional one in the sense of like we're fans and we're the only people covering the sport, I want to make sure it's pure as possible. No, that's not the reason. It's just I think that daily fantasy football stuff is, A, somewhat annoying, right? I think the way they advertise it and sort of promote it is uh, pretty egregious in a lot of ways um, and approachable, and it does allow more people to get into the sport. However, um, I do think that it kind of waters it down in the sense it draws attention away from what football actually is or could be, you know? Um, right, and you can say the same thing about fantasy football, and you'd be correct. However, I think daily fantasy football, because there's less emphasis on a team and more emphasis on players, takes you away from some of the rules and some of the things that makes football really great. You know, right? Um, so, and, yeah, yeah. I uh, you know I, I've never done the daily fantasy, and I, I haven't really uh, researched it enough to know for sure. Uh, but the sense that I get, because I mean, they, they, you can't draft every day, even when it's called DraftKings. Uh, so like people, they buy in and they have a budget. Like you, you buy your players, you don't draft them. Um, I, I could be way off here, but but I get the sense that like you know, you win, you can win some money. That's fun. That's the thrill of doing it. Uh, but I feel like it's you, you're just. I mean, what's the difference between daily fantasy and prop bets? And, like, the the website is making money off of all the daily fantasy players. Whereas, you know, I'm I'm in leagues that don't have money in the line, 
I'm in leagues that do have money on the line. Um, but like whoever wins, like that money all goes to the winner. The house doesn't take a cut. There's no outcome where nobody doesn't get the pot, you know? Um, so, so that's kind of like my gut reaction to, to, to a discussion about daily fantasy is it, to me, it's like prop bets in disguise. Uh, even though you are, you are putting together a fantasy team, uh, or at least I assume you are. Um, like I said, I haven't done it, but uh, but you know, to me that that kind of takes the you know the the long term in entertainment of being in a league uh, with people you know, people you don't know. But you know, you know, you're down one week, you're up the next. Uh, you don't get any of that with daily. How could you? So yeah, <clears throat> um, that's the way I look at it too, and. Uh, it's just, it, for us, it's just easy to cover fantasy football as it stands, you know, as it traditionally stands. However, um, I do, I think it, like it brings people into the sport, as I mentioned. So I'm, I'm entirely grateful for more people watching football and certainly being interested in this podcast. Not, not unhappy about that. However, um, it's just something that kind of fluctuates day to day in terms of like the value of the players and how much money you're going to have. And it's really dependent upon how much you're going to bet. And without sure. the context of how much you're going to bet, and we can't generally speak about that, so I, I don't I don't know how it's coverable on a weekly podcast. Um, it, it's possible it is. We can say you know this is somebody you want to take a look at, unlike DraftKings and FanDuel. If you get a chance, um, you know I did that last year. I think I had a really good call. This guy Deion Jackson, Indianapolis. He had like 45 points in fantasy. So whoever picked him up in either daily fantasy or fantasy football, like had a field day at, with him. Um, right. And so that's kind of okay. But outside of that, man, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll kind of look at the bets in terms of the over-unders and what have you. It, it's just impossible for us to really kind of keep that the same, um, way when it comes to daily fantasy, it's just not something I'm really comfortable or familiar with covering. So that's, um, the way I look at it, whether or not we're going to get into a philosophical debate on whether it's taking away, you know, emphasis on rules being changed, like the kick return, or the kickoff. Um, I think does have an impact on it because people are more concerned about like, you know, the analytical numbers and the theoretical stats and things of that nature um, that are peripheral in the sense of football. But um, yeah, man, you know, I can't help but think we don't really cover it. There's really no explanation for it. So that's the reason why <laughs> um, we both kind of mentioned our, our, our things about it, you know, our sense. And however, you know, I will tell you, um, and I'm curious about your experience with this, Trevor, and if you have any advice. Have you done fantasy, daily fantasy? Um, have you done any of the free bets? And uh, if you haven't, um, what would be your advice as far as approaching it? Well, so I, I haven't done either of those. Um, I'm not opposed to it. I can be talked into daily fantasy at least once, I'm sure. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, with with a little more disposable income, I might be inclined to, to jump on a sports book here or there, see if I can hit on a, one of the first bets free opportunities. Uh, but I haven't done that. Um, what I, what I tell people and, uh, and this, this really goes for all gambling. Um, you have to look at it as spending money on entertainment. You know, if you win great, but like when you place that bet, you're, you're, you're spending that money on the thrill of the possibility of winning, but you, you got to be able to let that money go. Any money you put up, you got to be able to say goodbye to. Um, and, uh, and I do gamble on sports, but uh, most of the sports gambling I do is uh, with a handshake face-to-face, and I have an enormous amount of enjoyment in that. I love betting on sports with, uh, with friends and coworkers. Um, it's just, it's, it's good fun. So I, I, I totally understand, uh, you know, the entertainment and the fun that you get out of placing bets. Um, I, I, you know, I, I really enjoy the in-person bets because there is no house taking their cut. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, and it's not always monetary. You can, you can make some really fun sports bets with friends that have nothing to do with, with money. Um, so uh, so yeah, I, I totally get it, but, uh, but you gotta be careful. You know, it's, uh, if you're gambling with money, you can't, 
can't gamble away the the rent or the uh, insurance payment. You know, what I mean, be responsible. Uh, look at it as money you're spending on you know a camping trip or a trip to the movies. Uh, that's money that you're probably not getting back. If you do, awesome, great, it was fun. Um, but uh, but yeah, you gotta you shouldn't bet anything that you can't say goodbye to. <clears throat> there you go. Don't bet the house or a cat or a dog. You know, well, or unless you want to say goodbye to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe maybe you don't want to name yeah. your firstborn, and you'd like to gamble those rights away. Um, it's up to you. <laughs> I, I think we're only. Uh, it's only a matter of time before we start. You know, selling firstborn right names to like places like Target and Walmart and other advertising agencies. Yeah. There's going to be something. You know, this birth is brought to you by. Uh, hot pockets. <laughs> like, you're gonna, you know, something like that. So, uh, but nonetheless, um, it's yeah, it's just something I thought I'd bring up, and we don't really talk about it a lot. Um, it's just not something I, I I can kind of figure out. And I think in terms of like traditional fantasy, there's plenty of people to do that. And if you're looking for something more daily, um, you can kind of take the advice and just apply it to a daily fantasy. It's obviously relevant in the same way. Um, it's just not covered in that way. Um, and there's a little bit more minutia and, and things that like in terms of numbers that I, I can't get my head wrapped around, which is my fault, but nonetheless, um, it all makes sense at the end of the day. So Trevor, talk about making sense, right? Let me ask you this. Well, how do you make sense of rounds six through 10 in your fantasy draft? How do you make sense of that? I mean, it, it's and beyond. You know, Sorry. It's interesting because yeah, there's almost like a you know, I can get real anxious going into a draft. It's it's the most important day of fantasy football. It's gonna affect your whole season. Um <clears throat> and then uh it's almost like a decompression after you get through those early rounds and you're like, Okay, uh I can oh, all of a sudden I can think again and uh and there's less pressure, but you still wanna make the right call. Uh, all the way down, you want to be grabbing players that you see uh, taking you to a championship. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a different feeling once you get into rounds six through ten. Um, and uh, a lot of times, especially at that at that point, everybody is taking more time. You know, the first round, people just have a real easy choice, and all of a sudden it's your turn, and then all of a sudden it's your turn again. Um, but uh, you get to those later rounds, people start thinking more. Like, okay, this was, you know, what do I need? This isn't what I thought I would have at this point. I didn't get that guy. Shoot, um, and uh, so then the the round as a whole starts slowing down, and you get a lot more time to like, uh, who's left? Uh, should I start building a queue of like, like which players I want if they fall to me? And uh, and uh, that can be a yeah, really fun um, time in the draft you know, too. So. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. Like a what if scenario, basically. Right. Um, I, I think that's probably the right call. Like it's not like a um, to like it make it sound like it's something psychological, you know, uh, in the sense of like you're really going out and basically deciphering whether or not it's logical to think that these players will be available at these certain rounds because you never know what your people, your other people in your your league are going to do, or if they're on auto drafts. And if they're on auto drafts, then I mean, that kind of, uh, and you know that they are because it has a little, like, symbol, you know, on the little guy uh, as they come up. But let me ask you this, right? This is from our good friends over at FantasyPros.com. We don't know, we know nobody at that site, but they're good friends, um, you know, <laughs> in case they ever want get, to get, get some coffee or, uh, I don't know, you know, just maybe babysit our, our cats sometime. But, um, you know, this is what their takes are from, from five rounds, five to nine. These are takeaways, right? So kind of what we've mentioned throughout all, a lot of the podcasts, Trevor already kind of touched based on this, but Trevor, based on what you hear, you just give me your feedback. So focus on drafting. This is from rounds five to nine, excuse me. Focus on drafting the best player available, particularly receivers with breakout potential as the position tends to dry up quickly in drafts. How do you feel when you're around five through nine? Um, and I'll give you just a quick one for me that happened to me last year and I took Chris Olave, I think in like the eighth round. Um, that's kind of my my uh, strategy, if you will. How do you feel about that strategy? I, I think like, that's excellent advice. Um, yeah. And yeah, you, you typically, 
again, it depends on formatting, but typically you're going to start more wide receivers than any other position week in and week out. Um, and if, True. if you, if True. you really hit and you have a flex position, you might be starting four wide receivers. Um, so, so I like that. If you've, if you've got, you know, a pretty solid core to your team, like there's no harm in putting more wide receivers on the bench before you go after, you know, the rest of your starting spots, um, depending on, and, and, and it does, it comes back to an often overlooked part of that statement, which is focus on taking the best player available. The best player available might not be a wide receiver. So you have to think like, do I, do I want this running back on my, on my bench? Because, because he could be great, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think a lot of times, especially with people new to, uh, to fantasy football, there's this pressure to, you know, you get into those rounds five through nine, six through 10, and people want to round out all the starting positions. And, you know, Justin Tucker's already off the board. Like you can, you can wait. Uh, I've even had drafts for really successful fantasy teams where I did not draft a kicker. Um, and I made up my mind going into week one who I drafted on my bench that I'm going to drop for a kicker in week one. Um, and it, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I love uh, that advice, taking you know, the player you see the most value in uh, over you know, getting a defense and a kicker just because you don't have one yet. Um, <clears throat> target breakout running backs in the late the late RB2, early RB3 range. So that's about, I guess in this case, RB20 to RB38 in terms of tier rankings. Um, sure. We have a top 40 ADP. So ADP means anticipated draft position, by the way. So um, meaning that they're going to be uh, anticipated, be draft, like they'll be the 20th running back on the board, 21st running back off the board, so on and so forth. So you're looking for basically fringe flex, well, probably flex to fringe starting running backs. How do you feel about that advice between rounds five through nine? No, I, I, again, I think that's great advice because, uh, uh, especially with running backs, it can happen in a wide receiver core as well. But, uh, you know, some of these guys that are lower AD, you know, have lower ADP, uh, it can be because of what offense they're on, uh, you know, who, who is RB one on that team. Maybe they're an RB two. Um, but if they're really good, uh, you know, stashing them might not be the right word, but yeah, stashing them on your bench. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be, whether or not, you know, they're, they've got the perceived value that they do have is worth having, but then, you know, all of a sudden these run and we talk about it with the running back position more than anything, and, you know, Brees Hall goes down like, well now who's, who's going to get, you know, 20, 25 touches out of the backfield now. Well, it's that guy that you put on your bench and now, now you've, you got to start, you know, thinking about putting them in. So, uh, I love that advice. Yeah. And, uh, and again, with running backs, uh, it goes along like, like, uh, like I know Kareem hunt is still looking for a, a trade or whatever, but like, like if you drafted Nick Chubb really high and he's supposed to be a real center part centerpiece to your, your offense, uh, you need to handcuff the backup to these these big volume running backs, because if they go down, you're not going to find a better midseason replacement than his literal backup. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no question. Um, and kind of everything you said is true. That's either a handcuff, right? Or right. it's some guy who's fringe starter or possibly a third down running back, or he just kind of gets a lot of volume. They put him on the field in a lot of different situations. Uh, it's now, a rookie I, potentially, you know, yeah, so, another thing I've seen with a lot yeah. of like new fantasy owners, fantasy managers, um, if you're going to handcuff a backup to one of your starters, he needs to be on your bench, okay? Uh, another key to, to fantasy success every week is, uh, is to diversify your offensive power. You don't want to have... You know, a wide receiver, a running back, and a tight end all on the same team, uh, because when that team has a bad week, you have a bad week. 
Um, or by so you have, yeah. if you're going to handcuff somebody in case your starter gets injured, that needs to be what they are. That can't be your RB2. So I yeah. hope, I'm hoping that yeah. makes sense to anybody. I know that makes sense to, to our savvy listeners, um, but uh, I hope I'm making sense to the, to the more novice fantasy participants. Um, yeah, I, I think it's pretty straightforward, right? I mean, in terms of if you're listening to this and you're just starting a fantasy league or if you're just wondering, like, okay, I'm just joining this play league or my work or family or friends or what have you. Um, basically, what it just means is that just diversify your, your picks. Uh, you rely on one team. They have a bad week, like Trevor said. They have a bye week. Uh, all of a sudden, you're SOL, right? Yeah. Um, what if they and, have a bad season? <laughs> they could have a bad season, right, offensively. Or they get hurt. You know, I mean, that happens a lot. You know, let's say you pick, and this happened to me two years ago. I picked Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was the running back that got hurt? But he Penny? was really good for Seattle. Penny? Two years ago. What's that? Was it Penny? No. No, but he was perennially hurt. That, that, um, this is another guy that like, broke his neck or something like that. I can't remember his name. Ooh. Um, it doesn't matter. And then I also had... Uh, Tyler Lockett, which is like great. Okay, it's like four heavy hitters. Yeah, but um, if Russell Wilson has a bad day, <laughs> you know, both the receivers are going to suck and your quarterback's going to suck. So it's like, all right, well, I kind of shot myself in the foot here. So basically, you know, you diversify your roster. Um, you target guys who potentially could be handcuffs and be played in a lot of different situations, you know, not just because this this running back is hurt or he's not doing well and he, his backups all of a sudden playing more um, that he may get on the field because he's third down running back or because he's a, um, he just, they run sweep like jet sweeps to him or he's running the wildcat or something like that. You know, something weird, kind of funky. Um, I guess is what we're trying to say, if that makes any sense. And it's hard to really right. understand that yet. they kind of know the team more, but that's, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably somebody who's does a lot of draft research and this isn't really that foreign if you're not just understand that maybe you should (laughs) that's what i'm trying to say you know like so that's kind of what we're getting at but let me because we only have so much time let me ask you these uh round 10 and beyond takeaways if your draft goes in the round 10 11 12 um well we already talked about what if scenarios right so basically what if this player falls to this draft what if i see this player here what if um, this player's here, but they're injured or suspended? What if, what if, what if, right? So in right. what cases have you used a what-if strategy in the past, and how, is it, how do you implement that kind of strategy in the draft? Oh, oh, I've, I've definitely done that before. Um, I'm trying to think of something specific. Uh, I've, I've stashed, I want to say uh, I, I grabbed Julio Jones when he started a season injured. And there was no real firm timeline on when you could expect him back. But like, like, man, if you're doing well and, and then all of a sudden, you know, going into the playoffs, you've got a, a healthy Julio Jones coming off the bench, like, like things like that, like, absolutely. That gets attractive towards the bottom rounds. Um, I'll take, like I said, I'll take long shots. It could be an unproven rookie or somebody who's injured, but you know, could come back, uh, you know, and really, really help you make the push to the championship. Uh, so I love that that sort of uh, mindset in those last, you know, two or three rounds. Well, let's play it. What if Kyler Murray goes to round 10 or 11? I mean, depending on your draft so far, uh, yeah, yeah, take a shot on him. Um, if If you're somebody who you know, loaded up on, on top tier wide receivers and running backs. And, and you really just aren't happy with the starting QB that you got. Yeah, dude, definitely stash Kyler Murray. Um, I, I mean, you were, you mentioned formatting, having an injured reserve slot, um, possible that you're, well, I hope that your league does. He tore his ACL in December. So, um, pretty significant injury, especially for a player like him. He's a pretty mobile little guy. And I say little because he is. Well, he's actually taller than me. So a little, a little in terms of football, right? Self-burn. NFL players. I'm luckily 
don't have to be compared to any six foot or six five monsters at my position being a therapist. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's interesting to think that a guy like that who would probably go in a round three or four normally, right, in a draft, or probably four, maybe five, but possibly early three or late three, um, is hurt and may come back sometime in the season. Uh, maybe he starts the season and people are skeptical and there's not a lot of talk on whether or not he's going to play and then he slips you around lever 12, right? Right. What if that happens? I think you take him, right? That's, oh, that's I, think, kind of... I think you absolutely do. Um, right. And, and that's another thing too, like when we talk about taking the player of most value, um, you kind of got to feel for your league uh, whether or not, you know, it, you know, I've been in leagues where there's no trades at all. I've been in leagues where every week I'm being hit up with trade proposals. Um, and, uh, and, and it actually brings me back to a, a thought I didn't get to express before when I was talking about diversifying uh, your lineup. That doesn't necessarily have to impact your draft. You know, if you're drafting second overall and Justin Jefferson falls to you, you grab him, and then later on TJ Hawkinson falls right in your lap and – and a few rounds later, uh, Kirk Cousins just lands right there. You know, I'm not going to want to start all three of those guys, but I'm going to draft them if they're the best players. And then, mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe I don't need T.J. Hawkinson, and I can trade him for something I do need. Um, I'm not going to trade Justin Jefferson, but I think I think you guys understand my point. Like, like there's there's drafting strategy doesn't have to be directly married to your lineup strategy um and, and that's kind of what we're talking about now with these later rounds is uh you just want to get somebody you know maybe you don't need kyler murray but if you have him available in the 11th or 12th round oh i'd scoop him up absolutely and maybe you don't need him when he gets healthy but somebody's gonna and then you you strengthen your wide receiver core giving somebody who's desperate for a quarterback kyler murray well, there you go right and that's how you diversify your roster. You sort of take that's flyers right. on guys that are hurt, that are coming back. Um, somehow they end up having some decent trade value, and then, you know, you pick up somebody for the stretch run, something. Um, or you oversell them because they know you, you know they need a quarterback or something. So, um, well, let me ask you this. This is uh, this will be our last one. but And there's other ones we could certainly talk about well, in later episodes. And then I, I have one for you, but you go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead first. Okay, so this is more of a head-to-head comparison, huh. and I was I was talking with a listener of the podcast about he was the one that brought it to me, and it was very interesting because uh, my gut reaction was different from. But anyway, so the the thing, so let's say you have a chance to draft Amari Cooper or Calvin Ridley. Hmm. Uh, it's a tough one. I I don't know their ADPs. Off the top of my head, um, sure I could look. That's it up. good. That's good. Let's, let's leave that yeah. out of it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's go in a blind. Mari Cooper or Calvin Ridley. So I only know what I've seen from Calvin Ridley, like on like the little film, right? We I think we've all seen him in camp, and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, if you're telling me the guy's not going to be a problem, he's not going to be a top ten receiver in the league. I have no idea how he's not. However, looking at their ADPs, and I've just cheated here, but Mari Cooper, <laughs> Mari Cooper is at 15, Calvin Ridley's at 27. You know, there's potential. So here's the thing. The ceiling for Calvin Ridley is much higher, I feel like, than Mari Cooper, but some part of me just says that they're going to end up with the same fantasy points. So I, I don't think that you're going to go wrong in either scenario. But if you had a gun in my head and said you had to pick one, um, Calvin Ridley hasn't played, but has looked really fresh. Mari Cooper's with Deshaun Watson. They're in a better, they're in a division that they'll probably eat those teams alive. Jacksonville, I mean to say. I, I take Calvin Ridley, man, but I, it's close. It's real close. So Calvin Ridley was my gut reaction. Uh, it, it's really close. But, yeah. uh, but this friend of mine, he made some really good points about uh, – you know, really looking at the big picture. Calvin Ridley uh, looks really good, and we know he, he's got talent, but he hasn't played football 
in almost two seasons. Um, he was injured like what, like week three of 2020 uh, or 2021. Um, but like, and then didn't play at all last year. Uh, but uh, basically, uh, you know, He's he's on a new team, hasn't played football in almost two years, whereas Amari Cooper is kind of the wide receiving core where he is, and you know you look at his body of work. Yes, he's he's a little older, but he's healthy now. And a bad year for Amari Cooper is 800 yards. Um, so you know the way the way I was convinced to see it is they actually have very similar ceilings. Maybe Calvin Ridley is a little higher, but he's going to be competing a lot more for target share on that team than Amari Cooper is. And, uh, and Amari Cooper from this, you know, looking at it that way, I think Amari Cooper has a much higher floor than Calvin Ridley. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't disagree with that take, but, I, I still think that the matchups are going to be in favor of Calvin Ridley, regardless of the shares and everything. And I understand what you're saying. Um, he's going to be the one number one wide receiver on that team by week eight. This is the way Calvin Ridley. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because you right. got his competition is Zay Jones, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk's going to slide back into the slot, right? They got um, the kid from Evan Ingram, right? He's the tight end. Um, he's going to free up some more spots down the field. Trevor Lawrence, man, wants to throw the ball downfield. No, no, trust arm. me. I, I, I factored so, that in. I, I like, I know Ridley's new to the team, but I think this is going to be a huge year for Trevor Lawrence. Um, yeah, but you know, I, I am going to tell Amari Cooper, uh, what you said. So just, uh, yeah, I know that. I just, <laughs> it's just a hard pick for me. Though. It, it, <laughs> I mean, so, and that, that's why a, I really liked it. That's, that's why I wanted to bring it into the podcast because, uh, man, that's that's a great that that is a conundrum uh, because I can keep going back and forth. It's like, yeah, Calvin Ridley has a you know great talent. He's got Trevor Lawrence, and then I think of Amari Cooper, and it's like, man, Amari Cooper is one of the most physical wide receivers uh, in the NFL right now. He's he's right up there with uh, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and those guys. Um, just uh, you know, he gets a hold of the ball and he just just carries people down the field with him. Um, so yeah, man, if, if I had to choose between those two and I might, I might have to choose, I'm in three leagues this year. I might have to choose between those two guys and, uh, it's going to be tough. I, I, I gotta, I, I can honestly say that I don't know who I would pick until I'm in that situation and on the clock. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, let me throw this at you and then we'll get off here. Well, it gets interesting. And I think this one is really hard because they're very close in rankings. Um, and arguably they will be playing with the same quarterback uh, or would have played with the same quarterback at some point. It's Garrett Wilson and Devontae Adams. And 9 and 11, that's where they're at in terms of ADP. Um, we know what's going on there, right? <laughs> but they got Devontae Adams still 11 with J- Jimmy Garoppolo and whoever else may end up playing quarterback because we don't know if he'll play a full season you know, given his history. I think of Garrett Wilson or Aaron Rodgers and everything we've heard out of camp is that he's basically playing, you know, as, as good a football as Aaron Rodgers ever thrown a ball to, you know? Right. And um, their, their ADPs are only one ranking apart. So this so. one, this one is easier for me. And this is not me throwing any shade at Devonte Adams. He's not a Packer anymore. I've always thought he's an amazing talent. He's, he's easily uh, a top five wide receiver in the league, debatably best in the league, some people tell me. Um, but, uh, but man, uh, I'm going Garrett Wilson. Uh, this is a much easier decision for me, and it's all about who's throwing the ball. Um, I, I don't have a lot of faith in the Raiders' offense right now. I, don't, I, think, I think they're getting a downgrade at quarterback uh, from Carr. Um, I just... You know, as great as Devonte Adams is, uh, fantasy, I'm going Garrett Wilson. That that's an easier one for me. Yeah. Um, here's the other thing with Devonte Adams. Not that they're trying to pile pick pile on him, but from weeks 14 to 18, he was ranked 50th in the league at wide receiver in terms of fantasy. Well, those didn't sources, finish the season very well. 
those sorts of sample sizes can be misleading. I, I see your point. Yeah, no, I know. Um, I know. No, but, no, but we're no, talking no, about a guy I, that's he's he's not he's look he's not playing on a on a on a team that's competitive. At, at the end of the year, they weren't going to make the playoffs, and it showed. Right. Play. So to make to make my take crystal clear, I think that Devontae Adams is hands down a better wide receiver than Garrett Wilson, and yet in the context of a fantasy draft. I'm I'm pretty confident in my decision to draft Garrett Wilson over Devontae Adams. Uh, so I hope that's making sense because um, it's not just about how good you are. It's it's about it's about fantasy points, and I think Garrett Wilson's going to get more. I I, de- I I feel good about that prediction. Yeah, I, I I agree. If anything, because of the quarterback situation, but also because I think that they're going to be competitive, and they've added guys to help Garrett Wilson out where they've only added Jacoby Myers <laughs> right. in, in Vegas. And I think I think the world of Jacoby Myers, I loved him in New England, but, you know, he's not um, – it's still Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball. And Jimmy G is, you know, I mean, let's be honest, he's the 24th-ranked fantasy quarterback, and whether or not he actually plays the full season is yet to be seen. And he'll be playing against Patrick Sertan twice a year, who will go against Devontae Adams, you know. So, right. Uh, I I just think there's a lot going against them, but it's interesting when you look at their stats. They're nine and eleven, right? That's that's how close that margin is. Or maybe it isn't. Maybe it isn't. So anyway, that's see that's 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 kind of the interesting point. We look at ADP. Not to not to draw this out because <laughs> we're over an hour, but not to draw <laughs> this out. But when you look at ADP, it's important to understand the context of the ranking, right? Since we can just rank these these players all day based upon what we know and da da da, right? And the predictions, no, nobody knows. And so when we look at ADP and we think, wow, that's Devontae Adams. He's been great. And you look at Garrett Wilson, oh, he has Aaron Rodgers. Okay, 9 to 11 doesn't look like a major difference, but in reality, it could be huge. You could oh, be drafting. Hey. It's like when we talk about tight ends. We say, well, you can get the first three guys and you're good. And then after that, Four through ten, you're like, well, they have to be productive. They're in the top ten tight ends. Well, the top ten tight ends between four through ten or four through twenty does probably doesn't even come close to what the production you can get between one and three. You know, I completely agree. So it's it's just interesting. It's it's interesting how these ADPs kind of line up, and then when you when you go to draft, you're we're like, oh, well, I can get this guy, best player available. What is the what is the best player available? To you, you know? Well, and that's, you know, making those sorts of decisions for yourself based on what you've uh, found out about these players and what you know about them. Uh, that's how you get to feel like a football genius if, uh, if you value a player more than the ADP does and you turn out to be right. Uh, you get to tell yourself that you're special, and it's, it's a really good <laughs> feeling. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> well, I mean, it rarely doesn't happen on this podcast. We're, we are geniuses. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, that's, folks, that is the show, and we need to go so long, and maybe we can have more discussion about ADP next time because <laughs> it actually is kind of compelling, probably more so than I thought it was. So, uh, start the football season, man. You got people out there, you know, fantasy football. You got your drafts coming up. Last five episodes, six episodes, we've done nothing but preview fantasy football. Probably the best fantasy football preview you'll get out there. Six, seven hours of fantasy football information. I got no, like, pitch for this, you know. I'm aware you guys have Bluetooth speakers now. And I'm aware there's people that can come out and listen to it. And guess what? I'm aware that Labor Day is coming up. <laughs> and I'm aware <laughs> that you could be sitting in a school drive through right? That's, I didn't say that correctly. You could be sitting and waiting to pick up your kid at school, right? And you'll probably be there for about 45 minutes to an hour. That's the perfect amount of time to listen to at least one fantasy football episode from football in general. And I guarantee you get something out of it. You can take out your notepad and paper, your pen, whatever else you got, scribe, hieroglyphics, you know, um, whatever you write in. And you would you'd probably set yourself up for a pretty damn good draft, if I do say so myself. And I do say so. So, anyway... <laughs> Trevor, do you have anything to say before we head off the air here? I'll just say, uh, skull. Uh, what is that, a chew? That's, that's, that's the Vikings. Skull. Skull Vikings. Oh, okay. Not not the chew. No, no. Does, that, does he even still make that? Yeah, dude. Skull. 
Right. Gosh, that was old when I was a kid. Well, you've, you've just aged yourself, I guess. So, <laughs> anyway, until next week, we'll be back with more fantasy football and stuff. Well, maybe ADP to conversations. I know you guys are all thrilled about that. Until then, we're out.